0: Double your defences by getting your COVID-19 and flu vaccines this winter. They're free for over 50s, those at clinical risk, pregnant women, carers, people with learning disabilities, as well as health and social care workers. Don't delay. Get both vaccines now. It's safe to have them both at the same time. Double your defences. Get vaccinated. Get protected. Go to nhs.uk to find out more. This is our People podcast, telling the stories behind South Tyneside and Sunderland NHS Foundation Trust.
1: So today is International Women's Day. It's March the 8th and my name is Fiona Thompson and I'm a Communications Officer with The Trust uh, and I'm delighted to join Cath uh, Griffin and Philippa Poole with me for today's episode. Um, could I start with you Cath, would you like to tell us what your job involves and your journey into your role?
0: Yeah, um, well I'm very privileged to be the Director of Human Resources and Organisational Development here at The Trust. Um, it's quite a broad role, we cover everything from occupational health, OD, learning and development, um, recruitment, payroll, all the all the interesting parts um, of the role and Philippa will talk a little bit about inclusion which is also um, within my team. Um, I guess my journey has been a long one I never set out to be the Director of Human Resources and Organisational Development. My first job was selling stamps at the post office counter but I've been really lucky throughout my career to have opportunities to do learning, development, um, whilst at work um, and I took All those opportunities whilst I could and I've been really lucky to end up in the position that I am today.
1: So where did your NHS journey begin?
0: It began here, well it began in the former City Hospital Sunderland Trust when I joined the trust from um, Social Services in Sunderland. Um, So my whole NHS experience and career has been here with this trust.
1: Fantastic and Philippa you joined us previously for a podcast and that's definitely worth a listen, Uh, people want to go and have a, a, a listen back to that one but tell us about your job and what it entails.
2: Yeah, so I'm the inclusion lead for the Trust. So that is, it's about making sure that our services and, and any opportunities that we, we put forward are fair and accessible. Um, so it's about how we uh, make improvements for our staff and for our patients, but it's how we listen to the staff and the patients to make sure that the improvements are kind of developed together and, and we, we meet people's needs. Um, so we do lots of promotion around inclusion, we do lots of work around tackling inequalities and
1: we work with our patient experience team too to make sure that we're supporting patients. Brilliant thank you for giving us that insight Um, and we're very pleased to say that we've achieved the continuing excellence level at the Better Health at Work Awards so would you be able to explain to me both a little bit about how that's linked to our support for all of our workforce?
0: Okay so maybe Gary a bit of background to how we got there um, so don't want to take the credit for it because it's our wellbeing team, which is part of the Occupational Health Department. Um, they've worked towards this submission throughout the year. Um, the award basically assesses the health and wellbeing support that we offer um, to our employees, evaluating the commitment, um, promotion and innovation towards creating a healthier workplace. That's the real focus of it. So at the end of 2022, um, we achieved this award um, the level not only recognises the importance of organisations sustaining progress, um, but it also encourages us to use our experience to start to support other organisations that are maybe not on the Better Health at Work Award journey. So really looking at our partners, whether that be large organisations or small, and trying to encourage them to do the same.
1: Brilliant. Um, filters, I think
2: is part of your role that squares up with that. Yeah, so we work closely with the Wellbeing team and... In terms of inclusion and some of our priorities, we, we work around wellbeing, we work around improving access and around fairness, so tackling inequalities that are in the system. So we do lots of work with um, the wellbeing team and we've, we've supported with the Better Health at Work submission and we'll continue to support as we do the maintaining excellence work and some of that's about how we engage our local communities and our local groups. Um, We work closely with our patient experience team. We've had um, areas where we need to make improvements, maybe that have come through the complaints process. And it's how we work with and together um, with patients and with other services to make sure that we're making those things better for people when they access our services. So for example, we've we've worked recently with um, patients from uh, Sunderland People First who've helped us and supported us to get the Changing Places facility. Uh, we're also doing some work around the Accessible Information Standard, which is it's very much about making sure that people's needs are met when they come into hospital or into
1: community services. And uh, speaking of um, International Women's Day, today marks a year since we, mar- we launched our own menopause pledge. Uh, so that has a number of different strands to it, so I'm just going to touch on those so we know where we're going. Um, so we, as part of this, said we wanted to recognise the need of our people, so that staff as well as patients men- in the menopause. Uh, we also um, set out how we were going to create a learning culture to enable managers to support their employees affected by the menopause, and also we want to make sure we can enable an open, honest and safe space for employees to discuss the menopause. So do you want to touch on what difference you hope it will make in the long run?
2: Yeah well I think a lot of the work that we did came out of um, conversations with our staff Um, So in the last year we've listened and done lots of work around the big team talk, Uh, we've developed resources and um, guides, so we've got support and resources guides for staff and managers on our intranet, Um, our wellbeing team have developed um, health checks and uh, there's lots of information that can be found and you can either, staff can find it on the intranet or by contacting the wellbeing team. And in terms of patients, it's it's making sure that um, we're supporting as part of the wider system. So I've just recently joined the South Tyneside uh, period poverty work that we're going to start looking at as a system. Um, So there's lots of work ongoing in terms of
1: um, well-being in its holistic sense for all staff. So Philippa mentioned the big team talk there. Uh, That is um, how we uh, engage and talk to our staff about how we are and where we are going as an organisation.
2: Yeah, it's very much linked to the staff survey and making sure that we're listening to and responding to feedback. And it's very similar, we do equivalent for our patients, we've got the family and friends test, we've got lots of feedback mechanisms and it's just making sure that we continually look to improve as an organisation.
0: And I think as well, just to make sure that we know what our staff are thinking, what they think about the organisation, what they think we can maybe do for them, and that's where a lot of the um, action, if you like, that came out of um, the big the big money team talk month yeah which um, was a,
1: a, a project within the project that just looked at financial well-being and health that's at hand as well yeah, yeah yeah absolutely kath is there anything you would like to add there
0: i suppose just a couple of things and with some of that engagement with staff we got a lot of feedback we were lucky enough last year to get a really hot summer um but that had a big impact on some of our staff working in the wards um the uniforms were extremely heavy and whilst we tried to put sort of short-term fixes in by you know, allowing staff to wear T-shirts, etc. There really is something more long-term we need to look at. So we have started a piece of work looking at uniforms to see if we can find uniforms that are a bit more lightweight, easier to wear, breathable f- fabrics. We've had some from some, some, from some suppliers, um, and they've been tested by some staff on the ward so far. Now, we don't think we've found the right product yet, but we're still working on it, and hopefully we'll have something in place this summer. We're also aware that nationally, the NHS is looking at the the uniforms across the NHS, and something that's actually been already been um, fed into that piece of work is to look at the fabric and make sure there's lightweight. And that's not just for women, you know, who are going through the menopause. That's for you know, some people just feel the heat um, very easily. and It's to make people feel as comfortable as possible at work.
1: Our hospitals can be really hot as well. We know when we're out and about, it's. Yeah, uh, it's exceptionally warm in some places Absolutely. and I know some of our staff prefer darker materials as well mm-hmm. because they find a the help that, that puts their minds at ease if, yeah. if they are having their period and yeah. it just gives them a, a mm-hmm.
2: And that's how some of the conversations came about when we initially started having conversations with staff about people have had accidents um, at work where they've had a bleed and they didn't know that they were going to have a bleed due to the menopause so it's, it's, it's making sure that staff feel that they can have a voice and talk about things like this because it it does have a lot of stigma it does have a lot Mm -hmm. of embarrassment sometimes associated with it so it's about how we can support staff while we're at work Mm -hmm. and i think
0: on that sorry on that point of the uniform staff just need to know that they can get trousers so there are navy blue trousers um that staff can get a little machinic as part of a uniform if that's something that would make them feel more comfortable and also maybe more relaxed whilst at work
2: and we do we supply sanitary products and incontinence products for our patients so we're we're, we're kind of making the link
1: there with our patients and our staff. And We know that um, within this policy we've looked at the fact that one in ten women leaving are leaving their rules because of the menopause, so what are we doing as part of that?
2: So we've done lots of work around the development of a policy, um, we're just waiting for some national guidance um, before we, we roll that out, but what we've done is developed lots of the, the tools that we've already mentioned. Um, and I suppose we'll just continue to have the conversations, but one of the big things that we're gonna roll out, hopefully from um, from today, you'll start seeing uh, across trust sites, is the um, supply of sanitary products. Um, so we'll make sure that from today, um, there'll be key sites that will be available on the on the internet you'll be able to find the details there and we'll get them out far and wide and we, we would ask that um, we maybe have a representative from some of the different sites to get in touch with us to be the contact so that when stocks need replenishing um we can we can facilitate that so more information will be will be coming um, and it'll be available on the internet and via the different communications mechanisms
0: yeah, and I think also touching on the point um, Philippa mentioned earlier about information, we've got guides for managers and for staff around the menopause um, and I think it's important that through wellbeing conversations that managers are having with their staff that if, if issues come up if they get concerns and they see some of the, the symptoms on some of the uh, people within their team that they take the opportunity to, to have some of those conversations some people might not want to talk about it and that's entirely their right but at least recognising that there is an open door, they can have a conversation and they can find where they can get help um, because it's not an easy thing to get through.
2: No, and if in doubt, it's just encouraging people to seek support if they need it. Go and see your GP um, or have conversations if you've got family members or loved ones that you, you think might be going through something like this or anything really in terms of well-being. Make sure that people are seeking support and, and being proactive around um, their well-being in general. There's the new ICS menopause support group and it's psychologist led um, and I think it's it's just really positive that we're working as a region really um, to try and tackle some of these issues Yeah,
0: And through that ICS hub they've been running um, a programme or a group for colleagues um, across um, the region and how they can navigate the menopause It's a six week programme and it'll be run by two therapists and it'll be online via Teams um, and it's going to be based around three strands um, Run an uh, intervention, cognitive behavioural therapy, compassion-focused therapy, and a mindfulness-based approach. The idea is that really that you get the opportunity to explore how that can help you on your journey. Um, we provide the information for our staff on the Trust intranet, but the um, programme is going to take place through April and May, um, and we'll include the links for that for staff if they're interested.
2: Was it links to the fact that as part of the organisation we are... We, though we're focusing on Women's Month this month and it's International Women's Day today, it, this forms part of a wider campaign of um, well-being activities and topics that we'll be um, highlighting and doing a spotlight on. So November, is um, we're going to focus on men's health, so that may be around prostate, it may be around International Men's Day, but it's just making sure that we are um, looking at a variety of topics and making sure that staff and our patients have got an opportunity to no signs and
1: symptoms and get a bit of awareness raising done and what are we doing to raise awareness of the menopause right across our trust and how are we supporting family members and loved ones who might be close to somebody who is going through the menopause
0: so colleagues who are not currently um or who will never experience um symptoms of their menopause they can also um, be affected so whether they're a partner family member or even a colleague Um, who might be working alongside somebody who's gone through the menopause. So raising awareness, which we've mentioned before, that's really, really important so that we recognise the signs and we can offer support um, and understand people's behaviour at particular points in time. Um, The more information we can provide, the better equipped we are to deal with any issues that are actually brought up and raised. Um, Philip has mentioned um, some of the other health promotion and International Men's Day Um, being one that we'll do um, later on in the year but we also need to recognise that we've got some male staff who might experience male menopause which is also known as andropause. Um, There's not been as much research on this as there has been on female menopause um, but some men we know will experience similar symptoms to female menopause including things like a lack of energy, changes in their mood and concentration, erectile dysfunction and difficulty sleeping. And we'll look a little bit closer at that when we get to um, Men's um, Health Month in November.
1: Um, and we we're also helping to address period poverty, which we've already touched on. But what are we doing and what conversations prompted this project? So some
2: of the conversations began last year um, with staff. Um, so we... Um, We'd had staff come to us and say that they'd experienced menopausal bleeding when at work, and and they felt embarrassed. Were there any things that we could do as an organisation to support? Um, and we absolutely agree that we, we we wanted to do something. So we developed the pledge last year, and that was the start of our work really. So in the last twelve months, we've been developing some of the guides we've already talked about. Um, and from 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 this month, we'll be making sure that sanitary products are rolled out over the next twelve well over the next. Um, week or so or a couple of weeks and they'll be there available for the next 12 months um, just to make sure that staff have got um, essentials really available
1: where they work and that that Length of time it's going to be rolled out just gives us a chance to evaluate and work out where it's gone right and improve things if they need to be. Do a little bit of evaluation at the end of it just to see. This is going to run for 12 months as a project, and then we'll be evaluating it, see where it's gone, see where we're at. Yeah,
2: at um, at 12 months, and then we'll just see how things develop further. And it might be that we do something more as a region, um, but we just wanted to make sure that we had essential products for our staff going forward.
0: I think the other thing um, to recognise as well is that. In the current financial climate and the cost of living crisis, we know that that's hitting people hard, you know, really hard. Um, and sanitary products, some people might think that's something they may be able to save some money on. Mm-hmm. So we don't want people to find themselves in that position. We employ eighty-three percent of our workforce are female, and we want to make sure we're providing as much support as we possibly can at times of need. So that is also part of um, providing sanitary products across the organisation and the rationale behind it.
2: In terms of the um, cost of living work that we've been doing we've, um, for our workforce, we've got our care coordinator Susan who's does some fantastic work in terms of support for um, people who are carers. We've just recently launched our credit union for staff, and we're also, the wellbeing team's just about to do some um, financial planning for um, parents-to-be. And there's also lots of resources available for our patients as well, because we know it can be challenging at the minute, so we do lots of work with our partners to make sure that we're raising awareness of how people can access support, Uh, and we're very mindful that it can be quite challenging at the minute.
1: And as much as anything else, all those things are fantastic. But the other thing is, sometimes you just run out or you're caught unawares or you think you've got a supply and you haven't. And that must, it's an anxious time when that happens. It is. And sometimes we, we,
2: we've had stories from staff that said, if they're were, they were only female within a whole male team, it can be embarrassing to ask for something or to have to pop out. So actually this takes some of that stigma
1: and the embarrassment away. And it's just an extra support for staff. We started doing health and well-being checks for our colleagues. So this is screening to detect health conditions. What does that involve?
0: So The health and well-being checks um, are actually aimed at identifying individuals who are at risk of developing health conditions. That might include stroke, heart disease, kidney disease and type 2 diabetes. Um, The check includes screening on a whole range of lifestyle factors and also carries out measurements including your height, your weight, cholesterol, waist circumference, blood pressure, etc., um, so it's a great opportunity to come along and have that done actually in the workplace. Um, the, once the checks are done and you've got your report or you've got your results, then the team will offer advice and signposting um, to help you lower your chances of developing any of those conditions above that I've just mentioned, um, as well as supporting you your overall overall health and well-being. And for our staff, there's information, um, again, that will be on the internet um, and people can contact the Department the Occupational Health Department and arrange their check. Um, for the general public, they can seek advice through their GP um, for a health and wellbeing check, and it's something that we would encourage.
1: So we're also doing quite a lot of work to keep our staff fit and healthy, so would you like to touch on just what that involves?
0: I suppose we've touched a wee bit on the health and wellbeing checks and what we're doing there for staff. We also have a stop smoking um campaign um, where staff who want to quit can contact Occupational Health um, and get involved with that. Um, I think quite often um, for people who do still smoke, you'll hear people saying no, I've already tried. Um, I think the feedback and the research would say very few people manage to give up um, at first attempt so really if it's some something that's still there then maybe have another go um, and as I say contact the department and they can offer some in-house in house support. The other thing that we've got in place, um, free of charge obviously, is um, staff wellbeing walks. Um, so they take place on different sites across the Trust. There are um, team leaders or walk leaders, I can't remember quite the exact title, mm-hmm. um, and they'll meet people at different points, whether it's the Education Centre at Sunderland Royal, at the Ingham Wing, up at the Eye Infirmary, and they'll have a walk planned. They're promoted on the Trust intranet for staff and Um, on the Facebook page and there's also walks that are taking place at weekends as well um, involving staff and their dogs and maybe some family members I think it's a great opportunity not only to get fit but also to get to know other people in the organisation and take that time away from the workplace just to have a little bit of fresh air
1: it does make you feel better, and I know that our staff have shared lo- lots of lovely photographs of them yes. out and about. It's really nice to see little, little smiling faces, and they're obviously making friends with each other. And it's really nice to see the yeah. feedback that they give them. And it's a really simple, free thing that people can Absolutely. do. Absolutely, yeah. um, and it
0: helps your physical, yeah. but also your mental well-being. Always feel
1: better after a walk. Absolutely. March is also Ovarian Cancer Month. So, what are we doing to raise its profile within our own trust?
2: Yeah, which is why we wanted to celebrate the whole month of of March around women's health, really. So our wellbeing team are going to be promoting signs and symptoms, um, what to look out for in terms of... um, No, that's the same thing. Take a deep breath. So in terms of... um, the, the whole month of March we wanted to celebrate women's health uh, and promote uh, and raise awareness of signs and symptoms so the wellbeing team are going to be sharing communications resources, toolkits, lots of information via our intranet and Facebook, staff Facebook group um, but also wider in terms of the, the trust communications that go out so that we're raising awareness with our patients as well um,
1: so there's, there's lots will be going on um, so look out for it in the comms and Kath, you were uh, among the first women to be invited on a winter wartime training camp. Uh, would you like to tell us a little bit about that experience?
0: <laughs> so as part my, as part another part of the role that I have within the organisation as I'm the executive lead for our armed forces work um, and get to work alongside some of our staff who are reservists um, and I was given the opportunity to represent the North East employers, um, not just the NHS but wider employers. Um, with the Royal Marine Reserve, and it's their winter warfare training, um, and spent five days um, in the in Norway, deepest Norway, knee high in um, snow, minus twenty degrees. So an absolutely amazing opportunity, something I'll never forget. Um, so yeah.
1: And what was it like? Th- because as part of that group, how many women were on it?
0: Um, there was six women. Um, it was a mixed group. There were six women who went on it. I'll tell a
1: funny story no. You can tell a funny story <laughs> I think so I think you can tell a funny okay. story so,
0: Alright So there were six women on it um, As I say It was the first time Women had gone on um, And we slept in tents overnight And when we arrived in the camp um, We were escorted to the camp um, And told that the, the guys who were already On that training um, The actual the actual Marines Had spent all day Digging out of the snow To make um, a toilet For the ladies Which was very kind of them, but unfortunately, when we arrived in the camp, they dug it in the direction of facing into the camp. So, if you sat on the proverbial throne, you'd be facing all of the people in the camp. (laughs) So, sadly, all that work went to waste, Um, but it did look good.
1: Did they do your new toilet?
0: No, we then had to do exactly what they do.
1: (laughs) Oh, right, Well, but it it was was, an experience. You're in survival (laughs) mode, I guess, aren't you? Um, well, that must have been an experience. Um, <laughs> and I have. And you've also mentioned our reservists. So um, if anybody wants to listen to a podcast about the work we do with our reservists, we've done a really excellent chat with Alex Ala- Alexander, who talk really well mm-hmm. about their experiences, what opportunities it's opened up to, for them. They, they talk really brilliantly about that. So I would highly recommend having a, a bit of listening mm-hmm. to that one if you've not already caught yeah. that episode. And it's
0: probably also worth saying that we do work with veterans as well. So if we've got any veterans in the organisation, um, we also have a lead for veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, within the trust so there's information again for our staff on the intranet um, and we do what we can to celebrate celebrate our armed forces and our veterans um, throughout the year so a lot of activity going on.
1: Good. We're going to do a separate chat on that ahead in, in ahead of time Yes, uh, because it's definitely worth going into more detail about the work we've done because we really have kind of bro- broken ground with yep, that haven't we? Have, absolutely. Um, um, and Philippa you are our first inclusion lead so how have you forged your way in that role? How do you hope it makes a difference to representing all of our colleagues?
2: Yeah, well I think I've always had an interest in inclusion and fairness. Um, I've actually worked in the NHS for, for 15 years this year. Um, so it's it's very much about working to support people and trying to remove barriers. And lots of my previous roles were around patient experience, so sitting within um, more of a workforce role as well as patients this time, it's re- been really, really beneficial. Um, and just kind of working within the NHS, I just want to help people. I mean, I've got a family member who's got a disability and you often have to fight for things to get support you need and I want to make sure that within our organisation we're removing some of those barriers and making improvements where we can so that people don't always have to have the fight with the system. Um, and in 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 that case, then it's, I suppose it's making sure that our whole organisation thinks inclusively. It starts tackling and removing some of these inequalities, and it
1: promotes well-being. Because mm-hmm. it, it's great when people do have an advocate, but some people don't, absolutely. and it must be exhausting to have to explain yeah. yourself and ask for basically what you should be getting all the time anyway. Yeah, um, just fairness, as you as you put it. Um, and to round us off today, I wondered, uh, seeing as it is International Women's Day, uh, which woman has and um, who which woman has inspired you or supported you through your Career, but also your personal life as well. I think we're
0: both going to say. I think oh, we're probably moms. going to go for a bit of a cliche. <laughs> so yeah, um, there's loads of people I guess we, you know, throughout our careers, um, who've been there to help and support us and to push us along the way. I would have to say personally for me, it's not always been women. Um, mm. I've had a lot of you know male bosses, colleagues, or whatever who've also um supported me along the way. So my inspirational women always will be my mum. Um. I'm one of five children and she brought us up. My dad was a postman, so we never had a lot of spare money. Things were really tight, but she really showed me and my brothers and sisters how to make the best use of what we've got. Um, And that's something that I try and instill in my two children as well. So certainly for me, my mum is my queen.
1: (laughs) And are you a mum to a daughter as well?
0: I have a son and a daughter, Yes.
1: Yeah. So you pass that through to both
0: of them? Absolutely. Good stuff.
1: Philippa.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say the same. Tell us about your mum. Me mum. So no, she she was a um a housewife, she she did lots of work um in, in the home but actually she just championed us as kids and she just made sure that we had whatever we needed. Um so yeah, she's she's a star, so she's yeah, she's my inspiration. Um and like Katta, there's been loads of women and men throughout the my career that have supported and helped and you do develop friendships when you work, don't you? And you're in work a long time. So it's it's just making sure that we're creating cultures that
1: staff can, can, can be happy at work and safe and happy. Good. Um, and I'll just finish off by saying International Men's Day is on uh, November the 19th this year. Uh, we always mark that as well. So please keep an eye out for what we do around November uh, because we run it as part of Men's Health Month. So we'll be doing lots to help uh, our colleagues look after themselves and each other. Brilliant. Thanks so much. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of our People Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and check out our other stories. Hit subscribe to keep up to date with the latest and catch up with what we've been up to on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search for our name.